Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunarian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to Season 2 of the Shine Within Podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom to three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique, non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhouses in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season 2 of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. Hello, lovely listeners. I'm so thrilled you're tuning in today and gaining insights from our podcast. If this episode resonates with you, I invite you to delve deeper by checking out the show notes. You'll find enriching details about today's discussion and an exclusive opportunity to join our free Facebook group, Awaken Souls. Awaken Souls is a sanctuary for women on a path towards sobriety, whether you're just curious or already on this transformative journey. It's a place of solidarity and understanding where you can forge connections with women who share your commitment to an alcohol-free life. Inside, you'll find specially crafted free resources that are designed to empower and support you every step of the way. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I'd be incredibly grateful if you could leave a rating. Your feedback is invaluable, helping me to bring more of the content that touches and inspires you. Together, we're building momentum on this journey towards wellness. Remember, you are not alone. I am here with you, supporting you at every turn. We're excited to have Starlin Hanneman, a certified integrative health coach and resilient mother of two as our guest. Starlin's journey is one of transformation evolving from a state of overwhelm and reliance on alcohol to cope with the stresses of parenting to embracing a healthier alcohol-free lifestyle. Through sustainable lifestyle and mindset changes, she now guides other mothers in their pursuit of mental and physical strength. Join us as we delve into Starlin's inspiring story, uncovering insights and strategies for coping with anxiety, redefining self-care, and empowering oneself through intuitive health choices. Let's dive in and discover how embracing our inner strength can lead to a more present, calm, and fulfilling life. Thank you so much, Starlin, for joining me today. It's an honor to have you on my show. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. Of course. And um, as a former alcoholic, I can relate to the struggles of parenting and the stresses that came with it. It's like, because, you know, no one gives us a manual. Like when we give birth, no one gives us a manual how to parent. (laughs) We kind of have to wing it and just 
you know, the stresses that happen with the children, either giving us a headache because they're not behaving properly or, you know, trying to rush to school and, you know, oh, am I going to be late to this meeting or that meeting? It kind of overwhelms us a little bit. And I noticed when I was drinking, I used to come home <laughs> after work uh, when I should be probably spending time with my children and working with them. I would just go ahead and then just straight up drink. Because that's what was like my me time, the time for me to unwind, no pun intended, <laughs> even though wind and wine is a different spelling, but still, I would always say no pun intended. Um, and that's what I felt like was my like me time. But I would love for you to share your journey from struggling from with overwhelm and anxiety to becoming alcohol free and embracing a healthier lifestyle. Yes. All right. So my story, I feel like really starts like years ago. Um, in my early 20s, I was a motorcycle mechanic. And so I forced myself into this very masculine box. And I had to be a certain way. So I never got to fully feel like myself. And then you fast forward, and I become a mom, and I'm in a very feminine role. And after being in this masculine role, and then forcing this feminine role, and we have an idea of what you know, society says motherhood should look like. And I did not feel like I fit that bill at all. Like I was not that person. So I was very confused. I'm also a perfectionist and I like to do things in a certain way. And I felt like I was failing at every turn when it came to parenting and the kid wouldn't sleep and there was just, you know, all the things. And like you said, there is no manual. They don't give you any instructions on how to do this. So I just felt like I was struggling constantly and not succeeding at anything I did. So I believe I had anxiety for a long time and just didn't realize it. And I was just kind of drowning it out with drinking. But as the kids got older and things got harder, it was just more and more like the end of the day would happen. And I'd be like, I just, I just need a drink. Like it will just make it easier. And I didn't, it wasn't like an all day thing. I wasn't drinking starting in the morning or anything like that. It was very much at the end of the day. It had just piled on and felt like I just need that like release. And I didn't realize at the time that I just didn't want to feel feelings. I was afraid of feelings. They were uncomfortable. So anytime I would feel anger or resentment, which were two feelings I felt a lot around parenting, I would drink because it felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> so I went that route for quite some time, not taking care of myself, always putting myself kind of on the back burner. Like I wanted to exercise, but it was like, I wanted to exercise to look a certain way, not to feel a certain way. I, my sleep suffered because of drinking. It would kick off more anxiety. I wasn't sleeping well. And it really became a turning point when I started having panic attacks on the kitchen floor. And I was like, okay, there's something going on and I need to deal with it. So I went to the doctor, they put me on medication. If you combine drinking with medication, you will black out. And so after I blacked out twice, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have to find a way that this works better. And I considered my options. I'm like, well, I can go back to drinking to cope with anxiety or I could like quit drinking and stay on the medication, or maybe I could just quit drinking and make lifestyle changes and really see if I can do this for myself. And so that's the route I went. 
And I just slowly over time figured out all these ways that I could reduce my anxiety and show up for myself and everything just sort of clicked into place. Wow. Yes. And uh, the medication and alcohol, yes, you do not mix. My my jam was alcohol, medication and drugs all combined yeah. together. Um, I have only blacked out one time in my life and I just like freaked out. I remember it was one time because I was a big partier back then. <clears throat> now I enjoy my own time. I don't like to go out anymore. <laughs> I do go out. I do go out, but it's not the same as it used to be. And I was a heavy drinker and partier. So my friends and I decided to go for my 22nd birthday. Um, this was a long time ago. I'm 42 now. So yeah, 20 years ago, practically. Um, or more than that. I'm sorry. And then <laughs> I know sometimes I always say I'm a little bit younger because I feel so much younger than I did back in my 20s. So we went partying and I remember we were all drinking. I was, everyone's giving me shots and that's all I remember is the last shot and that little dance. And then I went, I woke up to my friend's house and I was just like, how did I get here? What happened? It was the scariest experience I've ever had in my life because I had no recollection at all whatsoever. How, what happened? What was I doing? Luckily I was with trusted friends who knew I was going to be drinking, who we did have a, a designated driver, but still it freaked me out. So the medication yeah, medication, alcohol, drugs do not combine. And it is a scary, scary situation. But it is. yeah, right. And so I, when you said that mechanic, you said motorcycle mechanic. Yeah. I, immediately I thought of Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> I don't know if you ever watched that show. I love that show. It was, I have. It was fun to watch. Um, but yes, there was a lot of drinking involved there amongst other things. Yes. But yeah, it's hard when you're like in this type of lifestyle and then you're trying to transition into a different role, like you said, motherhood. Motherhood is completely different. So having to deal with all that was is challenging. Now, I was going to go ahead and ask you, um, what were the key turning points or realizations, I should say, that actually helped you overcome your resilience on alcohol to cope with life stresses? Well, I feel like I was kind of forced into them. It was, I, I don't even know. It was like, oh, I had a turning point. Like It was like that blackout was like, okay, sink or swim time. Like It was almost like that. But I, because I do like to do things myself, I was like, okay, people have been talking about meditation. They've been talking about like gratitude journals and all these different things. And I just didn't feel like they were for me, but I decided to try them because why not? And then reframing my mindset around alcohol. I started reading some books. I'm sure you've heard of them. This Naked Mind was a huge book for me in reframing how I looked at alcohol, like I'd been conditioned to believe that that it was fun and that society says, this is great, let's do this. And once I read that book, I was like, wait a minute, like, I don't have to believe that anymore. So it was like a really a, like mindset shift. And I was like, oh, I can change my mindset around lots of things. So I started doing the meditation and I started like writing in a journal and then just like reframing my mindset about a lot of different things. Uh, one of them in particular being uh, around exercise. I always looked at exercise as a way to look a different way. And I like being strong, but it was like when I realized how good I could feel by exercising, it was like a light bulb like went off. I was like, wait, I can like move my body and it makes my brain feel good. 
I feel good and then everything else is easier. So it was like that like tip the scales towards making it even easier to not drink because exercising with a hangover is like the worst, but I would do it almost to prove that I could like, oh, look, I don't have a drinking problem because I can still get up and exercise, which makes no sense. But that was what my brain was thinking at the time. So when I like switched that, like way I looked at it, that I could change how I felt through exercise and like help that movement, help that like anxiety and feelings move through my body. It was like a whole new world opened up. Yes. I remember those times where I would go ahead and exercise, but in my water bottle, it was alcohol instead of water. The very sad situation. I was the type of alcoholic where I needed, I was very dependent on it where, and I wasn't able to actually function unless I had alcohol in my system. Otherwise I'd get very ill and I would probably die if I didn't have it. So uh, very scary, but I felt in my recovery, the exercise was so important. I was one of those 5 a.m.ers and not everybody is a 5 a.m.er. You always have to wake up the time that you need to wake up. I was just the 5 a.m.er who would go and work out at Orange Theory and move that energy that was in there stuck uh, from either childhood trauma, from bad relationships, from resentment, fear, uh, everything that was going on, what had conditioned me to start drinking in the first place, that had to be released. So exercise is a very, very important part of the healing journey because you're tuned into your body again after we've, well, at least for me, after I've damaged it so much by poisoning it, I need to reconnect with my body again and start loving it and showing compassion to it and saying, wow, you've been through with me through all this, all this time. I want to appreciate you by giving back, by loving our body and also uh, exercising. Listening to your body though, right? Like that exercise, like you said, like you were ignoring it and like abusing it for all that time. And exercise doesn't have to be punishment. So many people correlate exercise with punishment and I've kind of started just like almost not using the word exercise anymore. I like to think of it as movement, like whatever feels really good for your body that day, but trusting your body because we don't trust ourselves. And I think when we're drinking, we completely disconnect and check out and do not listen to anything our body's saying. And we almost can't, right? Like we've just numbed it out that that connection is gone. And so being able to, after quitting drinking, being able to really listen to my body for nutrition, for sleep, for movement, all those things. It's like really intuitive. Like that wisdom is in our body. When you tap into that, it's almost like health just falls into place. Like you don't even have to like put that effort in that you would have had to before because you're just listening to what your body needs and respecting it. Right. Yes. And I noticed when, and you're absolutely right, exercise, let's throw that word out, (laughs) movement. And even if that's just stretching or taking a walk in the morning time or in the midday evening, whenever is suitable for you, I always feel that movement just, for me, it brings me a lot of joy when I'm outside doing movement, like hiking. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy walking around in nature and I feel like it's very calming and I'm more in tune to my spirit when I'm out in nature. I feel like I'm connected to everything, the animals and the trees, everybody, even people that are walking past me, I feel like I'm connected to them in some, in some fun way. I'm like, ah, but um, yes. And I wanted to ask you about your, your coaching and uh, how you actually approach mothers who are dealing with the guilt, with the stress, with the anxiety. So I think a big thing we need to do is 
we as moms, especially put ourselves on the back burner. We, which is why I felt so much resentment and anger was because I wasn't showing myself like the love that I deserved, but all those terms like self-care and self-love just, they did not resonate with me. Like self-care sounded like I needed to go to the spa and self-love just sounded kind of, I don't know, floofy. Like I was like, I don't know. I don't think that that's for me. But when you dial it down to like some of the, the best ways to show yourself love and care is through eating, sleeping, moving your body at the very basic level, like starting with those things and allowing yourself to feel like when you have anxiety, when you have anger, getting really curious, because I think as moms, we're like, yeah, yeah, I'll deal with that later. I have this little person who there might be a, a fire going on there, you know, the kids acting out, whatever. But if it's causing something within you, just get really curious for a minute and be like, why do I feel anxious? What is happening in this moment? Or what happened earlier? Like, start to question those things, because I don't think we question things enough. Like, we're just like, I have this feeling, I want it to go away. I don't want to feel anger. I'm going to just like tamp that down and deal with it a different day. So when you feel feelings, like actually let yourself feel the feelings. Don't try and quiet them. Get curious, act like you're three, ask the questions, do that and get in tune with what your body's actually telling you. And you will start to realize that those feelings are safe and it's okay to feel them. And you might actually be able to parent better because you'll be like, oh, my kid's anxious. And you can teach them how to question it and not be afraid of feeling their feelings and perpetuating that same thing. So you're you're going to be teaching yourself and them, which is wonderful. Yes, because as in the time that I was growing up, we were told, stop crying when we had to cry. Oh, why are you mad? And it's like, <laughs> so we had to like bottle up our emotions and just be numb. <laughs> And not feel anymore. But as human beings, we are supposed to feel like that's how we are. And you're right about letting us just, if we want to cry for feeling sad, cry it out. Like I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do all the time. Not all the time because, but a lot of times it's even like crying because I'm happy. Like, like I may be watching like something or hearing an inspiring story or watching something on TV that's like, wow, that's amazing. And I'll just start crying. I used to like bottle that up inside as well. Like even if I felt joy is weird, but um, yes. And then just expressing yourself. If you're angry, you know, I've found different coping mechanisms <laughs> to, to express my anger instead of like me lashing out on somebody, taking it out on somebody. No, what I'll do is breathe Breathing has helped me tremendously kind of get that emotion out because sometimes when we we don't know why we have certain emotions, we don't know why we're we're feeling the way we're feeling. We just do the best that we can here on earth with whatever we were taught. But I love that you are uh, focusing on the mindset because in my uh, recovery, that's what I sought out. There was no recovery coach. There was no sobriety coach back then. It was a mindset coach. And that's what really helped me with all the limiting beliefs, all of the you know, just the hatred I had upon myself. And I noticed when I started reframing my mindset and started talking differently to myself, and it's funny what you bring about like the self-care, the self-love, you know, and yes, go out and do things for yourself. But how are you talking to yourself during those times that you're there at the spa? You know, are you getting a massage and just thinking about how, how much you don't like your body? Why are they touching me? Or are you saying, you know, start 
saying nice things like, okay, Gina, this is something that you can start doing, you know, um, you're, you're worth it. You know, <laughs> you're empowering yourself by doing things for your, for yourself. So yeah, I really enjoyed the mind shift, uh, the mindset shift that I've developed. And I'm sure you have as well. Oh, yes, <laughs> definitely. And as now, like starting my own business, coaching people, like, I'm constantly working on my mindset because it's, it's growth. Like every time we start to do something that's scary, our mind fights back. And it was like, whoa, that's not safe. We don't do that. That's not how this works. And it tries to get you to stay comfortable and comfortable doesn't necessarily mean good, right? Like comfortable, could be a very scary place, but we're familiar with it. Right. So it's like, you could maybe do something uncomfortable, but it'll get you to a wonderful place, but your mind has never been there. So it doesn't know. It's like, eh, let's not do that. <laughs> right. Now, um, can you actually discuss some of the strategies or techniques that you use to help your clients shift their mindset and improve their act, their actual mental health and well-being? I, the biggest one is like kind of what I talked about earlier, but like really tuning into your body, asking yeah. a lot of questions and not judging when you get an answer back, don't judge that answer, like get more curious about it. But it's like, you know, like if you're like, like you said earlier, like, oh, don't touch my body. I hate my body, like all those sorts of things. And then be like, okay, why? But then be like, okay, what are the great things about my body? What has my body done? And start to get grateful for the things. Cause it might not be the ideal situation. You might genuinely be very unhappy in your body. Maybe it's been unhealthy because you haven't been showing it the love it deserves. But what has your body done for you? Like, what does it allow you to do? And start loving those little places in between, because as you start to give more love, it will like fill in the cracks, right? And like, it will just slowly like start to like bubble over and expand to other areas. And then pretty soon you won't see those negative sides of things, but really just tuning into what your body is telling you or your mind is telling you, just listen and allow it to be. We, we judge ourselves way too much. And we don't trust ourselves. I think especially women, we have been taught to put our trust into other people and what we should be doing and what society thinks we should be doing. And we don't believe that we know what we're supposed to do. We go to outside sources for everything. Okay, just tell me what to eat. Tell me what exercise to do. Tell me what I, I need to be. How do I parent? Like, we know a lot of this stuff within us. We just have to like get quiet and respect that our body does know. Yes, uh, the journey inward is more important than the journey outward, discovering who you are. And even when you go into the doctor's office, and if you don't feel like I'm like, you know what, whatever they said, it doesn't resonate with me. I don't feel like I have that condition or whatever. Really, you know your body best. I always say you are your doctor. <laughs> you ah. know your body best. Once you start really tuning into yourself and listening to your inner voice, the kind one, <laughs> <laughs> shut out the main one yeah. um then you'll start discovering more about who you are and it, it's an it's an amazing journey and we can do that with like meditation breathing walking exercise um all of the good things that are helpful uh to our mind and also that will help our body so yeah. thank you for bringing that up and um how do you address the challenges of parenting while maintaining personal health and well-being well i I think I've had like a big shift, like before I wanted to like be a role model for my kids so they could like see me exercising and like living this like healthy lifestyle. But since I've discovered that like my healthy lifestyle is more about like my mental health, which impacts my physical health, like 
now I'm like, oh, if my kids can see me doing this so that they don't have to struggle with this later, then they will be better off. They won't go to drinking and drugs, hopefully to like numb out, like from feelings. So now my kids walk in on me and I'll be meditating and they just know that they can sit with me. They just have to be really quiet or they'll come and see me exercise. And I always talk about how, how I need that space because it makes me feel good. It makes me be the best mom. I never mention like that I'm doing it to lose weight or to look a certain way. Like they, they don't put exercise and weight loss in the same like category. They don't see it that way because that's not how I show it to them. And when we're eating foods, like I talk about like how it makes me feel not about once again, the weight loss, those sorts of things and sleeping. My youngest, her and I could go to sleep at seven o'clock every night happily, but that's our bodies. We listen to it. My older kid, she wants to go to bed at like nine o'clock and I'm like, I'm too tired you know, <laughs> but like listening to your bodies. And so I'm really encouraging them. And as when something comes up for me and I need to start breathing, I'll breathe. And now my kids know, like, if they start to struggle with something, they'll come up, give me a hug and we'll just slowly start breathing together and watching them like regulate that nervous system is the most beautiful thing to see them working through an emotion and not being afraid of it. And so for me, like the big parenting shift, like was how I viewed all of this work was it wasn't about, like you said, like that external body sort of thing. Like it's like all that inner work and how that can affect everything outside of you. And so being that role model for my kids so that they don't struggle later on is really what it's all about for me. Yeah, as within is is as without. So yes, you're absolutely right, and that's so amazing that your your children are with you during like those exercises. And yes, that's awesome that you're like this is not about weight loss. This is about mommy feeling good. Okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm a better true. mom. I'm a better yes. mom. Much better mom. I'm noticing that there is a shift with um, parents nowadays. You know, they're actually setting up the example, setting the example for their children to uh, practice these wonderful practices in their morning or in their evening. And then the children are happier. At least mine are too. <laughs> I know your children are happier. Mine are happier because they're starting to breathe with us as my husband and I. And they're like, I feel great now. Wow, that was amazing. And I love hearing that. It's like, wow, you're eight years old, but you're feeling amazing. You know, when I was eight, I was suffering from childhood trauma with uh, anxiety that set in my stomach from being molested as a child, you know, like <laughs> I don't want the, the children to experience yeah. that. I want them to know like, Hey, you're loved. You may, yes, you're going to experience not so good things because we're here on earth. Uh, but it's how you respond to them and the different types of uh, habits you create to help yourself go through that uh, emotion or situation that you're dealing with. And they're, they're so smart. I swear the children are so amazing. And I always say this on my podcast, but they're like so magical. <laughs> they are. And if you can teach them like all these tools for like resilience, like um, they're going to be even more magical. Like I feel like I didn't have the resilient nature. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe I did and I just like packed it down. I don't know, but I felt like I had to be a certain way. And if I didn't, then it was like, I was failing and like just this whole, I don't know, this concept of like growth mindset versus fixed mindset and they're teaching it in school. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Like I didn't have that. And so seeing like that our like society is shifting on how they view things is 
it's really great. Yeah, because when I grew up, it was all about glamorizing. Be skinny. You look your best. Have the most expensive clothing on so you can be accepted. Yeah. Uh, you know, go out and party, drink and do drugs so you can have friends. You know, it was it was a horrible. I mean, I guess I had we had to go through it, <laughs> you know, but it was a horrible way of living. I was thinking about like, man, when I was young, because I also have a 15 year old son, I was like, I hope it's not doing the things that I was doing when I was 15, but he's not, right. he's completely like, he knows about this world. I've, I've taught him and he's, he's broken out of this matrix. <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to put up with this stuff. I said, good. Keep that mentality, son. Keep that mentality. <laughs> You're yeah. too awesome. But yeah, it's just crazy how it's so much different than it is uh, back then, which is a good thing. Everything is shifting. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, but going back to your coaching, could you actually share like a success story from one of your clients or where you've seen a transformation uh, that you've actually witnessed? Yeah. Um, so some of it's been like, physical in the sense of like how they've been taking care of themselves like one of my um favorites like she she has a lot of self-doubt and I feel like with self-doubt anxiety kind of is sort of a key player with that but she had this idea that she had to have like exercise as a certain part of her life but she would never make time for it because she didn't think it was important enough like there was all of the other things that had to happen but she kept hanging on to that bit so we kind of worked on reframing like why she wanted that exercise what like what how that was going to help her and over the it took some time but over this like this three month period that we worked together she went up working out every single day and it went from being because she thought she needed exercise to look a certain way to where she's like, I have become an exercise addict. She goes, I, I feel so good when I do it. She's like, I feel like if I don't get it, then like my day is like set up all wrong. And she's like, I have to get it every day because I just feel so good. And it was all about her mental shift. She quit doubting herself so much. So it was just this like amazing transformation in how she viewed exercise because as females growing up, you know, back in the day, it was much more for an aesthetic versus for the mental. And so when she had that whole entire mind shift, exercise quit being something she put on the back burner and she made it be an easy part of her life that benefited her mind. And then she didn't want to skip it. It wasn't a forced thing. It wasn't a punishment and it became just part of what she did and with that the self-doubt went away she got this great job like all these things just slowly started happening because she took care of herself and it's just like watching these little stair steps happen over time because she didn't push it to like I have to exercise this amount of time every single day it was like I'm going to just move my body mm -hmm. and it was just a slow reframing and it was wonderful yeah, because I think people think that they have when they have to exercise or move their body, <laughs> that it has to be like, like 100 burpees and yeah. run a mile and <laughs> do yeah. all these weights. It doesn't have to be that way. You can just stretch. You even walk. breathing walks, yeah, even breathing will help your abdomen <laughs> get in shape there. Yes. I, I didn't even know, like one of the things that I learned, which is 
in retrospect, I'm like, how is this not taught? I didn't know how to breathe. I think half of my anxiety may have been triggered by the fact that I didn't know how to breathe. I always breathed into my chest. And then it's like I started meditating and I'm, you know, watching YouTube videos and Googling and just down a rabbit hole of trying to learn about things. And they keep saying to take deep breaths and I go, and I would just breathe into my chest. And I'm like, I don't understand like how this helps. And then it was like, somebody said to breathe into your belly. And I was like, wait a minute. And it's like, I had to retrain myself how to breathe. It took me months because for my entire life, I had been breathing into my chest. Months and months of work of like thinking, like having to actually think about where and how to breathe. Now I naturally breathe in like more belly breaths. And I'm like, I was in fight or flight all the time because I was breathing so deeply into my chest. Like I was running away from a tiger all the time. Yes. And I remember those massive anxiety or panic attacks I would have, like my breathing was, like, <laughs> you know, where my face was like numb and like my arm was numb and I was just like, it felt like I was going to die. But if I knew the technique of breathing in through the belly, into the chest and then releasing would have made a big difference. And so, yes, it's very important for us to be taught how to breathe properly because I, I was the same as you. Like I would just breathe through my chest. Yeah. But there's a belly there too that has to expand and then expand and then let go. It's yeah. a beautiful flow. I love it so much. And if you're a parent, if that's like the one thing that you teach your children, like just to start off with, teach your children how to breathe. Like it seems like as humans, we should know how to breathe, but apparently there's like, there's a disconnect there, I guess. Right. It reminds me of, I should learn how to fall, like in like um, a keto, <laughs> where they <Yeah>. roll. Because <laughs> yeah. my son was in a keto, like, okay, so I fell recently. Uh, I, I did, I parked my car and I didn't realize that the cement was uneven. And so it was huge, a big, big difference. And so I went off my car and I just hurried up and then, but it was so interesting because it was like such a slow motion where I thought I was going to, I could catch myself, I can catch myself. And then sure enough, I fell. <laughs> and I was telling my husband, I need to learn how to roll. <laughs> so I need you to learn how to fall properly because I don't want to injure myself. But I, it wasn't bad because of me exercising and moving my body. You know, I, I prevented myself from hurting myself even more. But uh, yeah, so for mothers who might be listening and feel stuck in a cycle of stress and unhealthy habits, what would be your first piece of advice to them? Besides listening to yourself with respect, start mastering the basics of health. Find someone that you can work with if you are struggling, but start figuring out what food makes you feel good, what how food affects you. Like we sometimes will just pack our mouths full of food without any realization of how it's making us feel. Like I get it. cupcakes taste delicious. I love a cupcake. I love cake. Like I love ice cream. However, I also know later on how that will affect me if I eat it at say a certain time of day or on an empty stomach versus with other food. So like getting really curious about how food affects you. Don't put any judgment on it. I don't want any judgment on food. Like I don't like the idea that food has like some sort of like moral value. There's no good food. There's no bad food. Just get curious about how food feels in your body because some food for some people can be really healthy, like eggs, other people are allergic to them. And so you need to be able to like recognize how it feels in your body. 
Another thing is sleep. Start really trying to figure out ways to get better sleep. So whether that's like improving your sleep hygiene, like you know, screens right before bed, like what kind of routine do you have leading up to it? Like, you know, the dark room, like those sorts of things, but finding ways to improve your sleep is going to really greatly improve your overall quality of life and lower that anxiety level. And then movement, like moving your body also without judgment, just going for a walk, if that feels good or stretching your body or taking up some sort of new class that you've been wanting to try. It's amazing how when you try something new, like that excitement, like can fuel you to like stick with it. If you're doing something that like really lights you up, like what was something you really liked to do as a kid? Like, why not do it now? It doesn't matter if you're in your thirties or forties or fifties, like just do it because life's too short not to have fun. So find something fun and move your body in that way without judgment and without punishment. And then rest. Like, I don't think we respect rest at all. Um, moms just keep going and going. We're like the Energizer bunnies sometimes. And then we like crash and burn. But stop like making rest be a thing you have to deserve. And like, be like, you know what? I'm a human being and I get to rest too. Like, you can sit on the couch and not fold laundry. Like, it's okay to like do that. But find like what your version of rest is and do it. Yes, I was talking to somebody recently and you know how people are always setting up res New Year's resolutions, you know, because New Year's is coming up pretty soon here. And I said, it should be resolution. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Rest instead of having to, oh, I got to do this, this to hit this goal. You know, I got to hit the gym seven days a week, two hours a day. <laughs> Just rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And what if that was you're like, you're, yeah. What if resting was that resolution where it's like, if you rest, and actually let yourself rest everything that can flow in around that because you're not beating yourself up and you have the energy to do it like if you focus on the rest first everything else is going to like feel so much better and easier and resting isn't necessarily like netflixing like that could be avoiding right like some people numb out like we chose alcohol and drugs maybe other people might choose netflix as their way to suppress their feelings, their emotions, and avoid life. So maybe like that isn't rest for somebody else. It might be like if they just never allow themselves to watch TV because it's too lazy or something like that. So you have to like get curious about what is rest for me? What can I show respect to my body with? Yes, I love that. Yes. And listen to yourself, ask yourself and really observe your feelings, your emotions, and and then learn what you love to do. And if resting means, you know what, taking a nap twice a day, then take a nap twice a day. <laughs> no judgment, without judgment, please. Yes. Yeah, no judgment, no guilt. Just do yeah, it. Just Enjoy do it. it. Exactly. Heck, I wish I can do that. <laughs> I can. I can. I'll, sometimes I'll take a five minute nap because that's all I need. Like, And then I feel yeah. like totally like. I like I slept five hours, five minutes, yeah. like five hours. <laughs> so it just depends on everybody's body is different. So mm -hmm. you got to see what works best for you. Yeah. But how can our listeners go ahead and follow you, uh, work with you? Yeah. So you can find me. I usually hang out on Instagram. That's my place I'm at most. I'm at Starlin Hanneman. I have my website, which is wholesomerebelwellness.com. And then I'm also on Facebook somewhat, and that's at wholesome.rebel.wellness. Um, but I do have a freebie giveaway, which is an anxiety SOS toolkit. So if you 
um, you can either go to Instagram or my website and um, just go ahead and join my newsletter and you'll get that toolkit when you sign up. That's awesome. And you're also hosting something February 5th? Yes, I do have an intuitive eating course um, coming up February 5th. It's going to be a two week course and it's just more, you know, intuitive, like listening to your body and it's from that eating um, perspective. So just starting to listen to your body about the foods and what you need and what it wants. And yeah, so that will be yeah February 5th. So um, if you sign up for my newsletter, it will start, um, I'll start sending out information around the first of the year. That's amazing. And I will have everything also in the show notes for you. And yes, I am looking forward to that. <laughs> Exciting. Yes. Any last thoughts or words you would like to share? Um, no, just get curious. If, if you're struggling with anxiety and overwhelm, just get curious about maybe why and don't judge yourself so much. Just start to like love and respect yourself. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Starlin. I love your name, by the way. I'm thank all you. about the stars. <laughs> so yes, I love your name, but thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Of course. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts. And it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1-855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.